Hi, I'm Alex Rubin, and you're listening to Grace to Your World, a teaching ministry focused on providing an understanding of God's grace, which will empower you to change your world and live the overcoming life. Now, to find out more about our ministry and to access other free resources, simply head to alexrubinministries.org. And with that being said, let's get into today's teaching. Praise God. Praise God. Look at this here. Romans chapter 4, verse 1 in the NLT says, Abraham was, humanly speaking, the founder of our Jewish, Jewish nation. This is the Apostle Paul, obviously, writing this. And he says, what did he, Abraham, discover about being made right with God? Verse 2. Watch this now, guys. Listen to this very closely. He says, if his good deeds had made him acceptable to God... He would have had something to boast about. Watch this. He says, but that was not God's way. That was not God's way. You see, you working your way into right standing with God, the scripture says that was not God's way. Maybe it's the way of religion, guys. Maybe it's the way of the denomination in which you grew up in. It is certainly the way of the world, but it's not the way of God. God's way is not a performance-based way into righteousness. Because remember, that was, the, what, what, that was what the curse of the law was all about. You see, God gave the law to show us that this, that this performance mentality can never work with God. And, and eventually we'll get to this We'll, we'll look at exactly the reasons why the law was given, and, and, and you will see very clearly from Scripture, guys, that it was literally Israel, in a sense, asking for the law. Because Israel, after Moses had delivered them out of captivity in Egypt, they obviously were continuously sinning. They were always operating in some type of unbelief, <laughs> complaining until the cows came come home, you know. Uh, but, but, that, but they still thought that they could be, it kind of got to this point in, in Exodus chapter 19, I believe it is, where, where, where they said, where the, where the children of Israel said to Moses, tell God whatever he commands we will do. <laughs> you see? And so they were always falling short and they still thought they could be okay with God based on their performance. And guys, that is when the law was given. And like I said, we'll get into this at some point in, in more detail. I'll show you those scriptures, uh, but I just want you to see this because there's still people who think that, the, that, that, that as believers, you know, they're like, they're like, yeah, Alex, of course, we're under grace, but we still uh, must uh, strive to live by the law as well. Well, guys, that's all wrong, you see, because you can't mix grace and the law of Moses. And, and, and so, so we got to get off of that, <laughs> you see. Praise God. Uh, so he says, that's not the way of God. That's not God's way. Look at verse 3. He says, for the scriptures tell us Abraham believed God and God counted him, here it is, as righteous because of his faith. Verse 4, when people work, their wages are not a gift, but something they have earned. Verse 5, Watch this now. But people are counted as righteous, not because of their work, but because of their faith in God who forgives a sinner's glory to God. 
See, the very moment you say, Lord, I need you and I trust in you, Jesus, that's what makes you righteous in the eyes of God. Look at verse 6. David also spoke of this when he described the happiness of those who are declared righteous without working for it, man. Glory to God. Verse 7. Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sins are put out of sight. Verse 8. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of sin. I want you to know God has cleared your record of sin. Glory to God. No matter who you are, no matter what your past looks like, no matter what you were into, even before you came to this video, I want you to understand God has cleared your record of a sin. Glory to God. Now, again, a religious person will think, well, Alex, you're giving people permission to just live any kind of way they want. No, man. You see, the Bible says, it's the goodness of God that leadeth people to repentance. And so the very moment, remember, every person has this need to be right with God. And so the very moment that you understand that Jesus, glory to God, is enough to make you right with God. Oh, praise you, Lord. The very moment you understand that Jesus is enough to make you right with God, to put you into right standing with God, to put you into right relationship with God, the very moment that you understand that, that that gets down into your heart, man, that's when transformation takes place in your heart. So in other words, when you hear this message of grace, when you understand this truth of grace, there's not an increase of sin. No, there's going to be a decrease of sin. You see, because the very moment that you believe in Him, you believe He's enough to make you righteous, well, now the Holy Ghost can go to work on the inside of you, you see. And He can kind of rearrange the furniture in your heart. And, and then He can make some changes. And, and you'll find all of a sudden that the addiction that you've been trying to break, uh, that you've been working so hard to try to break, praise God, all of a sudden the Holy Ghost gets a hold of you. And before you know it, you are delivered from that addiction, you see. And what's not going to be because of your performance or self-effort. It is going to be because you have received the love and the grace of a mercy of a God who loves you with a perfect love. Glory to God. <laughs> Guys, this is the gospel. This is the truth that sets people free from bondage. This is the truth that enables people to live in the blessing and to, to no longer be trapped in the curse of, of the law. Jesus is enough, guys. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And I'm going to show you, we'll get to that next week, I believe. Uh, sometimes, you know, I think I'm going to get to something and, and the Holy Ghost kind of rearranges it a little bit. And, 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 and so I, I always got to say, well, well, most likely we'll get to that next week, depending on what the Holy Ghost will do. <laughs> but but I, I want to show you that what Jesus has purchased for you is an eternal redemption. Because sometimes people will hear this truth of the gospel, but you see, what you think is, is, yeah, I've been redeemed, my sins are washed away, and God is not charging my past sins to me. But what I want you to understand, guys, that Jesus has dealt with your sins past, present, and future. And so not only is God not charging your past sins to your account, He's not charging your present sins to your account. <laughs> you know, because there's some stuff going on, guys, some, that, that, that we all know where we fall short. Well, God is not holding that against you, you see. And God is not charging your future sins to your account either. 
Somebody says, well, Alex, how can God forgive future sins? Well, guys, it's because he's God, you see, <laughs> because he's not limited the way we are by this uh, time and space, you see. He's infinite. He created time, so he's not limited by time, you see. And you better hope that God can forgive future sins, because you know what? When Jesus died on that cross 2,000 years ago, all of our sins were in the future. And so if God can't forgive future sins, well, guys, then none of our sins are covered, you see. <laughs> and so... All of your sins are covered, past, present, and future. And again, this does not set a person free to sin. It does set a person free, but it sets a person free to live right. You see, glory to God. If you understand that, say amen. Praise God got about uh, 12 minutes. Let's look at some more things here. Uh, turn to Romans chapter 5, verse 17. Romans chapter 5, verse 17. Glory to God. As I said, guys, this is the very foundation of this Christian life, getting off of this performance-based mentality and just really accepting it in your heart. Jesus made you righteous. Jesus made you righteous. Look at this here in Romans uh, 5, 17. He says this, he says, For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, one man here is talking about Adam, and so if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace, guys. Abundance of grace. And of the gift of righteousness. They shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Notice he says, first of all, he says, abundance of grace. You see, I want you to understand. <laughs> I want you to understand that there's no grace shortage going on here, okay? <laughs> Someone listens to this and says, well, Brother Alex, you don't know what I did. It's not just that I, it's not just that I had an addiction or have an addiction or I, slept around with some people I wasn't supposed to sleep around with. No, I, 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 I just, you know, you wouldn't believe what I did. <laughs> I want you to understand it doesn't matter. I want you to understand you, you could have killed a person. It doesn't, his grace is more than enough to cover that. And so in other words, yeah, the past may have been pretty messed up. Maybe you hurt some people. Maybe maybe you did some stuff that caused some, some suffering for some people. I'm not justifying that. But I want you to understand that Jesus shedding his blood on the cross and you receiving it is enough to cleanse your conscience from those past mistakes. And it is more than enough for you to now receive the gift of his righteousness and to operate in it. And so he says, abundance of grace, abundance of grace, meaning there's not a mistake in the world, guys, that can put us beyond the grace of God. There's not a mistake you can make that would put you beyond the grace of God. Abundance of grace. Now watch this. He says, the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. I really want you to catch this. I really want you to understand that it's the gift of righteousness. Remember I said earlier, 
most people, when you ask them, well, what is a righteous person? Well, they would say, well, a righteous person is someone who does right. Well, guys, we looked at this in Romans 4. You see, if it was your actions, that would be something you could boast about. That would be something you would have earned or deserved. But I want you to see the Bible says righteousness is a gift. You see, a gift is something that you get uh, that you didn't work for and you didn't deserve it. <laughs> you see, sometimes you give uh, people a gift and, and, and they'll say, well, oh man, but I don't deserve this. Well, well, yeah, of course, you know, you don't deserve it. That's why it's a gift, you see. A gift is something that you don't deserve. A gift is something that's just given to you. <laughs> that's why it's a gift, you see. And so righteousness, righteousness in this new covenant, guys, is a gift that you receive. It's a gift that you receive. And so the only thing you do is you got to receive it. How do you receive it? You receive it by saying, Lord, I believe. I believe that I'm righteous because of you, Jesus. You see, that's how you receive the gift of righteousness. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. Praise God. I want to get you righteousness conscious. Righteousness conscious. In other words, you, 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 you walk boldly in your sense that, yeah, I might have some, some issues in some areas of my life, but, but man, I can come boldly before the Father. You see, righteousness is really the ability to come boldly before the Father free from the sense of guilt or shame or inferiority. Once again, righteousness is you operating in your legal right as a, as a, as a child of God. You see, praise God. You see, uh, children don't, you know, guys, any parent, anybody who has kids knows, you know, your kids, they don't have to work in order to, to get something to eat. You know, your, your, your kid comes in uh, five or six years old and, uh, and they're like, well, mommy, I... I cleaned up my room now. I did all these things. I, I, I carried out these, this list of demands. I cut the grass. Uh, I, I did all this stuff. Uh, uh, can I now please get some food? You see, no, you see, that's not how parenting works, guys. You see, and so, so you as a child of God means you don't have to earn his, his favor and blessing. You just, it's just there. It's just there, you see. You got to receive it. Look at this here, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. Getting ready to show you once again, guys, that this is all about Jesus. Watch this. He says in verse 30, he says, But of him are you in Christ Jesus. There's another translation that says, Of his doing are you in Christ Jesus. And so in other words, you're in Christ Jesus, not because you worked your way into being in Christ Jesus. It was his doing. You see, he did it. All you did was say, Lord, I believe. And so he says, of him, of his doing, are you in Christ Jesus. And watch this now, guys, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness, glory to God and sanctification and redemption. 
You see, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and I want you to understand that Jesus is your righteousness. Everybody say, Jesus is my righteousness. That's what this verse is saying. He says, Jesus has been made unto us wisdom. And so I want you to understand that if you are in Christ, you got wisdom. You got wisdom. Someone says, Alex, I don't, I don't feel like it. I don't, I don't feel like I got wisdom. Well, friend, the way you receive anything from God is by faith. And so I want you to start to accept by faith uh, that you got wisdom. <laughs> you see, Jesus has become your wisdom. He says, he's been made unto us wisdom and righteousness. There it is, guys. Jesus is your righteousness. You see, this is why there's no boasting in this, guys. You see, we're not righteous in our own self, guys. Jesus, glory to God, is our righteousness. You see, a Jesus being our righteousness means that as a result of being in Christ Jesus, what's true about Jesus has become true about us. You see, uh, his righteousness has become our righteousness, you see. And so, and so that, is, that is why God, you see, when God sees you now, he sees you in Christ. And so when he looks at you, he's not looking at you. You know, like some people have this concept, God is, is just watching you and just waiting for you to mess up and he's going to hold all these things against you. No, man. When God looks at you, he sees you in Christ. And so what he sees is he sees Christ in you. And he sees the potential that you have in Christ. Praise God. That's awesome, guys. And so he says he's... he's He's been made unto us righteousness. He's been made unto us our sanctification. In fact, I want you to say right now, say, I have wisdom. And I'll say, I, I am righteous. And it says, he's, he's become our sanctification. I want you to say, I am sanctified. And it says, he's become our redemption. Say, I am redeemed. You see, it's all about Jesus. You see, you receiving the finished works of Jesus Christ, you operating in the blessing. You see, this is why the blessing is the empowerment to prosper, because you operating in the blessing is you no longer trying to get righteous. No, you believe you're already righteous. You see, the moment you believe that because of Jesus, glory to God, everything you need is already a finished work. Once you can start to rest in that, that's when breakthrough is going to start to show up guys. That's how you set yourself up for breakthrough. Because as long as you keep working to try to get blessed, remember, it's that impossible standard, the law. So you're always trying to get to this place of being right or being okay, but you never can quite get there. Well, the solution is stop trying to get there Realize because you're in Jesus, you're in Christ. He's already more than enough for you. He is your sufficiency. He is your sufficiency. You see, it's all about Jesus, guys. Praise God. Praise God. Let's... Um, almost out of time here. Uh, let's end here. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 2. I want to show you an example here of the Apostle Paul 
who has boldly embraced this truth of his new identity in Christ. And I'll show you what I mean here as I read the verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 2. This is something that Paul said to the Corinthians, and I, I just really want to read this to you, and I want to and I'll show you what I what I what I'm getting at here. 2 Corinthians 7 2 says, he says, Receive us. We have wronged no man. We have corrupted no man. We have defrauded no man. Someone says, Well, well Brother Alex, what's the big deal? Well, hold on, guys. This is the Apostle Paul writing this, amen, to the Corinthian church. Now, this is Paul saying, receive us. We've, we've wronged no man, he says. He says, we've corrupted no man. Uh, we, we, we have defrauded no man. Well, you know, before Paul was Paul, guys, remember, he was Saul. He used to be Saul. You see, and before he became Paul, before he had an encounter with the Lord and he got born again, he was Saul. <laughs> and guys, Saul was a bad dude. And so in other words, here's a man who used to be responsible for persecuting the church. Here's a man who used to be responsible for even the death of, of, of Christians. And this man says, <laughs> We, we've wronged no man. <laughs> well, hold on. Uh, you know, uh, did, did I just catch the Apostle Paul in a lie here? Uh, how can he say we've wronged no man when clearly in the past he, he did wrong some people? You guys remember when Stephen got stoned and, and Saul was there just kind of watching the whole thing, not, not doing anything about it? Catch this now, guys. How is it that the Apostle Paul can boldly say, with confidence, receive us. We have wronged no man. We have corrupted no man. We have defrauded no a man. How can he say that if in his past he did do those things? Well, you see, you want to understand, glory to God, that Paul was a man who was walking in this revelation of his identity in Christ. You see, Paul was a new creation the very moment that he got born again. In fact, the very moment that he got born again, he became Paul. And the very moment that he became Paul, Saul ceased to exist. You see, he died to that old identity uh, of, of, of Saul, and he became a Paul, you see, a man who was righteous in Christ Jesus, a man who had received uh, the finished works of Jesus in his life, a man who had received uh, the cleansing of sin, the, the, the forgiveness of, of all of the mistakes that he has made. And see, what it did to him was it cleansed his conscience to that point that not only did he walk around guilty and condemned about what he did before he, he came to know the Lord, no, he, he had such a sense of, of his identity in Christ that he was able to say boldly, receive us, we have wronged no man, we have corrupted no man, we have defrauded no man, you see, because the truth is, you see, the very moment that you get into Christ, the Bible says you've become a new creation. Remember, Second uh, Corinthians chapter uh, 5 says the old is gone, the new has come, you see, and so I want you to understand this. You see, the very moment you get into Christ, who you used to be has ceased to exist. And, 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 and now you have a brand new creation on the inside of you. 
Hey guys, thanks so much for joining me today. I'm Alex Rubit. You have been listening to Grace to Your World. To learn more about our ministry and to access the full-length audios of this and other teachings, simply head to alexrubitministries.org. For information on how to become a Grace Vision partner or to make a gift of any amount to our ministry, go to alexrubitministries.org forward slash give. Now I pray you continue to see God's grace manifesting richly in your life. And I look forward to talking to you again on our next podcast.